um, is what the research says. I love the way your, your <laughs> face changed. She was like, she's about to ask me why. <laughs> I wasn't. I was like, are you gonna, are you gonna question? <laughs> I wasn't. share our experiences through the energetic practices that have changed our lives. Our mission is to encourage you to explore and experiment on your healing journey to find what works best for you. Thanks for listening. And now for the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to Is the Shit Legit 2024 edition. We have made it through the new year and this is our first episode in 2024. And I am Carrie M, one of your co-hosts. And also with me today is... Hi, Vibe Vibe Heather, and welcome back. It's good to be in the new year. Yes, welcome. So Heather, tell us what are we talking about today? Ooh, today we're talking about hypnosis. Okay, so I'm very excited about this because I've already told Heather this. I really have like no experience other than like you know, when they like put you to sleep and then like when I clap three times, you'll be a chicken, (laughs) which I know, I know that's not what hypnosis actually is, but it's like, I don't, it's funny. I'm excited to learn more. Did you ever have one of those school assemblies where they brought a hypnotist in? No, I don't think so. I mean, I had school assemblies, but I'm not sure a hypnotist ever came. I was in high school. We're all sitting on the bleachers Yeah, and they brought a hypnotist in for an assembly and and I have volunteers, of course, come down and people would volunteer to get hypnotized. And then, yeah, it was one of those total like stage yeah. kind of yeah, things yeah, yeah. where it's just for entertainment purposes. Totally. Which kind of irritates me, honestly, because it takes away mm-hmm. the validity yeah. of it. And then people think it's just a, a trick, like um, a show. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I thought for a long time. I mean, I've heard about, so the way it was introduced to me is for like binge eating or for people who struggle with their weight. And so they would go to a hypnotist in order to retrain their brain, essentially, to have a better relationship with food. But of course, like you said, it sounds like some weird quack, like, you know, pseudoscience something. And so it's like, you're getting like hypnotized so that you're not like you know, struggling with food. Like, what is this? Like, they're just going to put you to sleep and all of a sudden, like, you, yeah, have... you wake up yeah. and you no longer are hungry. <laughs> right. Like, how does that work? So it like, that was always really weird to me. And then I think it also like evolved from there to smokers too. I've heard that a lot of people yeah. who smoke will go to hypnotists to try and help uh, stop smoking, to try and quit that habit. So just from my, my own understanding of the world, I think hypnotism is basically a way to help retrain your brain on the way it thinks about things maybe because I've heard that a lot of people are successful with hypnotism like not the magical quacking duck (laughs) hypnotism but people who go to like the certified hypnotist for help in habits of whatever like a lot of them get helped a lot of them are able to retrain the way that they do things yeah so it actually works right I would assume I don't know I've never done it yeah 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 that's interesting um and that's my understanding of hypnotism too, that it is the intention behind it is to bypass the conscious thinking mind in order to connect with the unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So as trance like state is induced in order to talk to that part of the brain and, mm-hmm. and reprogram those habits and addictions. So that's my definition of hypnosis. 
So is this like, like, do they, is the putting you to sleep a thing? Is that like part of hypnosis where they like put you in a trance? So in order to connect with the unconscious part of the brain, you have to be in a relaxed space. Mm -hmm. And so you can induce that in a lot of different ways. But I think a light trance is actually just as effective. You don't need to put someone into like a zombie like sleep state uh -huh. like they do in those. Well, like I'm, I'm curious. I like question if that's shows. possible. Yeah. Like, can you yeah. actually make someone who's like, like a zombie, like awake and like aware of their surroundings, but also like slumped in a chair and like, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> that kind of hypnotism to me seems a little scary. Yeah. Because then you're not conscious at all and you're totally open to whatever suggestion mm -hmm. the yeah, practitioner yeah, yeah. is making and you're vulnerable like, why would you want to do that whereas if you're in a light trance state you're still conscious you can still if somebody makes a suggestion that sounds cuckoo you can <laughs> still be like mm, i'm gonna decide not to go with that right yeah yeah and you can have that filter in place but the idea behind the trance is to is to relax the mind so it's more open mm -hmm. to suggestion and to taking in different approaches and ideas. Okay. Not to put yourself in a completely vulnerable <laughs> position where you're open to whatever suggestion. Well, I think too the like the idea of the cuckoo version of hypnotist yeah. is uh, that like you immediately change, right? It's like mm -hmm. they put you under, they give you a command, they snap their fingers, and now that thing is just implanted in you, and that's how it is, right? When they snap their fingers, yeah. you you know are a chicken. Now you're gonna wake up, and you're gonna exactly. Yeah, so, but I'm assuming, just again from what I know about the world. That if you actually go to like a certified hypnotist to help with something, it's probably not just one session, I would assume. Yeah, that sounds accurate. Okay, so it's more like therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in my experience, I did work with a hypnotist for six months. Okay. And we would meet every week. And the topics that we would work through were evolving, you know, as we would uncover one thing and work through it, you know, then we would the next time work on something different. Mm -hmm. I did actually find it very useful. It wasn't like I was trying to rid myself of any one particular habit or addiction. Mm -hmm. It was more about like coping skills. I was going through a really difficult time at that moment. It's like when I freshly had like separated mm -hmm. my marriage. And so it's kind of learning how to see myself in a different way to expand mm. my own like uh self-worth interesting so that was a really cool approach okay so is this something that like I feel like I'm interviewing you I'm like <laughs> you tell me what hypnotism is so it's like is this something that like regular therapists would have potentially like a certification in. like I could go to talk therapy and they may also be equipped to do hypnosis if they feel like it's appropriate yeah 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 it is something that um it's like something they collect in their tool, tool. Exactly. yeah there's something in their tool belt that they could be like hey hypnosis might help you in this instance exactly. and then they can experiment with it yeah okay yeah so Heather, did you do your research? Do we know I the did. history? Fill yeah. me in. Where did this start? Okay. So the earliest recorded description of a, of a hypnotic state can be found in the writings of Avicenna, 
a Persian physician who wrote about trance in the year 1027. AD or BC? AD. Um, and modern day hypnosis started in the late 18th century and was made popular by this gentleman named Franz Mesmer, a German physician who became known as the father of modern hypnotism. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of um, debunked because what he thought was happening was he termed it animal magnetism. Okay. Sounds like bestiality. What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like they were able to like take on this other energy. And so clearly that couldn't be validated. So uh -huh. then other people coming later were like, that's kind of whack. Yeah. We don't really trust what he was doing, but they- Where was he from? Germany. Okay, go on. But there was some other people that had started using hypnotism techniques and were noticing like, oh, I'm getting results and helping people. So then we have Emil Kuh, who is one of the most influential figures in the development of self-hypnosis. Self and his method of conscious auto-suggestion became an internationally renowned self-help system at the start of the 20th century. So it sounds like that's around the time it's kind of got feet and started to grow as a, mm -hmm. a method of helping people change. Okay. So while you were saying that, I was looking at the etymology of hypnosis because yeah. I became curious about what it is. So hypno means sleep. Okay. Osis means condition. So sleep condition is what hypnosis means. So it sounds like right. the actual, if you go off the etymology, the actual trance that we were talking about is important in the word, but as we know, words evolve. So it says here that it's a special psychological state with certain physiological attributes resembling sleep, mm -hmm. only superficially, and marked by a functioning of the individual at a level of awareness other than the ordinary conscious state. Well, I think, yeah, that's it right there, is that... You mentioned it earlier, too, that you go into your unconscious mind. And yeah. it's hard to do that when we're logically thinking from our prefrontal cortex. Yeah. As you, everything we've discussed, it feels like the basis of this energy practice is to kind of turn off your conscious mind for a little bit, to kind of like put that away to the side. Fantastic. Yeah. And then dig around in the unconscious yeah. mind a little bit and and explore because like even you said like the way I understood it which is a very limited understanding is like if you have a habit you want to get rid of you can do hypnosis to help you rethink about that but even you said like you didn't have a habit you wanted to get rid of you went just to kind of like get to know yourself better and to kind of figure out like where your coping mechanisms mechanisms came from you know so that you could yeah move forward in a more healthier way yeah right it was more about like yeah healing my own internal thought patterns and things like that shifting those so I found it to be really useful mm -hmm. um, and it was like programming in new levels of confidence mm -hmm. so that, yeah that was a really good experience so so when you're in hypnosis therapy like is the person giving you like prompts of things that you should believe or things that you want? Like, how does that work? Like when you're under, when you're yeah. in your trance, like what is the facilitator's job? So I feel like the facilitator's job is to guide you towards reaching the goal that you came there with. Mm -hmm. And 
to do it through suggestion, but in a way where it's like led by the change that you as the client want to make. Okay. I don't feel like we should ever put our care so much in the control of somebody else sure. that they completely lead the That path. they turn you into a duck. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think the, the practitioner has a responsibility to hold the direction that the client wants to take mm -hmm. and allow that to be the guide instead of uh, assuming that they know better. Mm-hmm. And so from different experiences that I've had with hypnosis, that's really been the most effective is when the practitioner is making suggestions, but they're also like, you can ask questions of the person who's in the trance mm -hmm. and you can allow for feedback so that they continue to run the show in the way that they want to be changing because there's nothing worse than somebody telling you what you have to do or who you have to be, you know? Believe me, don't I know it? Yeah. <laughs> well, even just now thinking about it, I'm like, I could see myself in that situation being like, no. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. you're incorrect. <laughs> it's like, that is not what I want. So we've let down like the vigilance of the conscious mind, you know, mm -hmm. to always be like standing guard and keeping us from accessing what's in the unconscious. But so now we've relaxed the conscious to allow this unconscious to come forward as a perfect time to have dialogue with it. Mm -hmm. Sure. And for the practitioner to then ask questions that you wouldn't otherwise be able to access. Yeah. So I just realized as you're saying that in our breathwork episode, I was talking about a certain type of somatic breathwork that I have done in the past. And once you you did like 30 minutes of like very intense breathing and then you had a deep relaxation period yeah which sounds similar to me of like which is the whole point was to kind of like quiet down and you would ask things or the facilitator would ask things like what messages do you want to receive right now what is it that you need to like focus on or anything like that and then you just like shut up because you were in deep relaxation yeah I mean like I don't know if you've never breathed really intensely for like 30 minutes straight like it does like kind of knock you out like it's yeah it's a weird trance that you go into sounds similar to hypnosis and then you kind is. of just let the messages that by the message I mean like your thoughts like the thoughts that need to come up come up and you just observe them and that is I'm just drawing the connection between hypnosis and breath yeah. work right now yeah anytime you enter a state of trance you are so open to suggestion and you have access to that part of your brain mm -hmm. where you normally wouldn't yeah and you can get answers to like it's like a higher knowing a mm -hmm. part of you that's connected to more knowledge than what your thinking brain can access mm -hmm. so it, it stores all of your memories you know and all of these experiences things that maybe you've even blacked out and so there's a lot of different types of hypnosis even ones called like regression mm -hmm. like past life regression um, oh, was that part of hypnosis? I've yeah. heard of like exploring your past lives. I didn't know it was so a hypnosis So there's thing. a past life regression hypnosis where I, I think the practitioner needs to be very careful in how they approach that because they can bring up trauma. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know how to navigate that with the client, you know, they could probably re-traumatize them. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's probably a really great responsibility with that type of work, but... Yeah, anytime 
you allow your mind to relax and you go into a trance state, they even say while you're watching TV, you mm -hmm. go into a trance. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Or like staring at your phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of like zone out. And then. Oh, when I'm talking to other people, sometimes I zone out. Right. And then, <laughs> like a commercial comes on. Mm -hmm. Your mind is so open to suggestion. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they did that on purpose. Huh. Would you look at that? Marketing is yeah. just as evil as we thought it was. <laughs> or you're scrolling on your phone and you get into mm -hmm. a trance like state and then it, an ad comes up and oh my God. That sounds like a great idea. Right. Let me buy dog training on Instagram. <laughs> well, I'm thinking too, like different times in my life now that I feel like maybe I've gone into like a trance state. I'm trying just to like relate that. And reading is one of them too. Mm -hmm. You know, when you like read and you realize you're like three pages and three yeah, pages exactly. later and you've not like read a single word, but you've still been like reading like that to me feels like it's probably a trance state of yeah. like, you know, you're just like not paying attention to what's in front of you, but you're still like doing the actions of <laughs> what you should be doing. And while we're driving, mm -hmm. we can oftentimes go into a trance state and then all of a sudden you're home and you're like, I don't even remember how I got here. Oh my God. Do you ever go through an interstate? section and you're like I hope that light was green yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all done it yeah um, so it's it's easy for anyone to become hypnotized a lot of people will be resistant to it and be like mm -hmm. I can't be hypnotized right and they'll put up a big fuss about it but honestly we're all being hypnotized all the time right. and they... we do it to ourselves constantly yeah yeah so we can, now that you you become aware that this is what's happening, you can use it for your own benefit. And there's um, that training I recently took was actually taught by a hypnotist. Uh -huh. And so she, that was part of the certification, was learning how to do um, hypnotism with clients, but also like self-hypnosis templates. Oh, okay. So you could put yourself into a trance in order to walk yourself through, say, a mental rehearsal or um, like connecting with, you know, that unconscious part of your mind to get answers that you can't think of mm -hmm. with your conscious mind. So you can just use it with yourself which is fascinating. So how do you direct it? Like if you're in trance, how are you also like directing? Yeah, that's a good question. The direction that you want to go. So before you go into the trance, Mm -hmm. You set yourself up, you make the plan for like, this is the thing I want to work through. Um, and this is the technique I'm going to use mm -hmm. so that while you're becoming more and more relaxed, you know, you have the plan that you're going to follow. So I think the easiest technique is the mental rehearsal one. Uh huh. And um, that's where you're seeing yourself on a screen out in front of you, trying on a new activity. Mm -hmm. or living out something that you want to do but you haven't yet experienced um so in that type of scenario you know you imagine yourself doing it that's mm -hmm. easy enough and then you allow yourself to float up into the screen try it on so that you can have the emotional experience and that's when when you have the emotional experience that's when it really makes the shift in your brain mm -hmm. because once you've had an emotional experience that's when things become more like memories are created yeah and you can draw on that for future reference and then you float back out of it mm -hmm. and then you just whatever shake yourself out of the trance but so this sounds a lot like guided meditation 
I know. It's a, a guided meditations. I feel like are Are they hypnosis? hypnosis. <laughs> yes. They might be. I mean, obviously, I think everything, there's like an intersectionality to all of these healing modalities. Yeah. Like, I'm. well, there was the word float is what mm. got me. Is like, because you'll, a lot of times in guided meditations, the person will be like, see yourself and like float above yourself or whatever. And like, you can travel wherever and like in your mind's eye, travel to wherever. I'm like therapy. Yeah. <laughs> But so, yeah, I'm just realizing maybe I have more experience. I feel like I say this every episode. I'm like, maybe I have more experience this with this than I thought. I think so. <laughs> yes. I just didn't know it was hypnosis. But I don't know that like anyone in those situations would have been like calling it hypnosis. Yeah. But maybe right. it is. Well, we're, we're again like relaxing the conscious mind in order to allow access to the unconscious. Okay. Open it to suggestion. And that in my opinion, is the definition of hypnosis. Well, I was going to say, so medical definition, like yeah. if you're wanting to become like, if you're a therapist and you want to get trained in hypnosis, like what are the powers to be, call it or define it? How do they define it? Well, it's like the definition I read, special psychological state with certain physiological attributes resembling sleep, only artificially and marked by functioning of the individual at a level of awareness other than ordinary conscious state. The state is characterized by a degree of increased receptiveness and responsiveness in which inner experiential perceptions are given as much significance as is generally given only to the external reality. Okay. So it's like in your mind, things are happening so that you can then at a later point externalize that out in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're making new neural pathways. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm just, as we were talking about this, I'm thinking about it and it almost feels like hypnosis is the core of energy work. (laughs) If the basis is that you have to like get into a state that's less than your regular conscious state in order to work on things, it's like you can do anything during hypnosis. You could do sound healing, you could do breath work, you could do I don't know, talk therapy, but like, but you know, there's like all sorts of different things that you could do while you're in an altered state of consciousness. So it's like, but it's just easier to do when you're in that altered state of consciousness, right? Yeah. I mean, the idea behind like energy healing work is to get yourself to relax because Mm -hmm. through that relaxation, then your body is open to healing because you can't heal when you're in fight or flight. Right. You can only heal when you're relaxed. Interesting. So So do you have any information about why it became a giant scam? (laughs) Like how those two paths diverged? Because like, like I totally agree with you. I think it is a way to help us calm down so that we can exit out of fight or flight and we can feel safe. And then when you're safe, you can start to unpack all those little things that are in our lives that we want to like maybe reassess and retrain, but it is also a giant scam Yeah, (laughs) and has been for centuries. I think, do we know how that came about? I think the whole phenomena of doing the stage exercises of hypnosis where people would, you know, come to see a show and these people performing the hypnotisms just wanted to get paid, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I think it got perverted in that way. Yeah. And then because that was so mainstream, mm-hmm. everybody's heard of that. That's just what we have in our minds that we correlate it to. You know what it is? I'm realizing I'm drawing connections right now. It's magicians. 
fucking it's magicians. magicians. They're always the ones out there fucking things up. But uh well, they are though, but like <laughs> I've said it as a joke, but also they are the ones who centuries ago, probably millennia ago, realized how malleable the human brain is. Mm-hmm. Like we have this um illusion that we're in control. Illusion. And that, yeah, <laughs> an illusion. I am a magician over here explaining magician. I'm not a magician. But we have this illusion that we are very in control and that like what we see is our reality. But our brain is like, it's very malleable. It's like Play-Doh and we can misremember stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. It's why like, I also am like super not okay with like eyewitnesses in a courtroom because they're like, I definitely yeah. saw them. I'm like, you don't know that. Yeah. You don't know that you definitely saw anyone. And the research on memory shows that it's like, oh my God, it's super malleable. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the best word for it. It's like, it can change. You remember something, you're actually just recalling the last time you remembered it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I can see that. Consistently shifting. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So, and that's why you can like talk to like your parents or a sibling and like you guys can remember something totally different or they can like it totally. Talk to yeah. Told that wrong. But so magicians figured that out and that's why they can do things like the one of the things that's wild to me one of my favorite magician tricks that's like i just can't understand how our brains let this happen but they do <laughs> we just want to believe so bad yeah well literally they will throw a ball up in the air if you've ever seen that so you're like seeing them and they throw a ball up and then they throw it higher and then they throw it higher and then they throw it higher and then it doesn't come down oh. and everyone's like whoa like what happened did it just like you know and he's like not on a stage where like someone caught it above them or whatever and literally he caught it it came down and he caught it but the way he's like or he them they the she the magician yeah. the way the magician is like directing your attention as they're talking oh. you don't it's look like at it version. yeah they divert your attention and so you just like don't pay attention to the fact that it came down and they caught it and they very quickly stuffed it in their pocket or whatever yeah. and then was like woohoo it's not here and everyone's like oh my god That's the ball so disappeared <laughs> yeah and it's like nothing actually weird happened you just caught the ball but like and you missed it yeah and you missed it and you just like believe that you believe that your brain there's no way your brain would miss that so it mm-hmm. had to be magic Anyway, I'm on a tangent now about magicians. (laughs) I actually really love the psychology of magicians. But so they figured out how malleable brains are. They figured out like that they can really manipulate people super easily and make money off of it and sell tickets to these shows. And so I'm, I'm just curious where, who was the first one to like pick up hypnosis to be like, I can, you know, I can manipulate (laughs) someone and make money off of this, but I don't think there's probably a solid answer for that because it probably started a long time ago yeah i mean it can be used in a lot of different scenarios to help people from suggestibility to um changing a behavior habit addiction to even like pain relief Uh uh-huh so i've heard of people being hypnotized in order to be able to do childbirth without medication yeah i think i've heard of that like a pain-free childbirth and does it work I I guess it does. I'm skeptical about that. I mean, every human's different, but what makes me skeptical about that is like, I feel like that would be something so easy to pull your, there's so many factors that are going to pull you out of that trance and bring you right back into the present moment of like, you know, so it's like, that's gotta be real difficult to achieve. Yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I question it. I'm not sure what the whole process is leading mm-hmm. up to it. If it's something that you just 
practice so much beforehand mm, that your brain is conditioned to not pick up on the pain. As someone who's had children, Heather, <laughs> do you think this is possible? Oh, man. I mean, I think anything is possible. Sure. But it definitely wasn't my yeah. experience. <laughs> so I, uh, I had an epidural for two of them. Uh-huh. First one. Um, I did not just morphine was that like a choice or just like a, I know sometimes it's like it just happened so quick or something you're like we were going to do that and then everything went sideways so yeah, no no choice of mine yeah yeah okay this the doctor decided on a direction and went with it it's always fun when doctors decide yeah I guess that's what happens without your input teenager. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean it can be used what does it say here? Uh, appropriate suggestions by the hypnotist can induce a remarkably wide range of psychological, sensory, and motor responses from persons who are deeply hypnotized. By acceptance of and response to suggestions, the subject can be induced to behave as if deaf, blind, paralyzed, hallucinated, delusional, amnesic, or impervious to pain mm -hmm. or to uncomfortable body postures. In addition, the subject can display various behavioral responses that he or she regards as a reasonable or desirable response to the situation that has been suggested by the hypnotist. Yeah, it sounds like, what did it say here? Deeply hypnotized. So a deep trance would be required mm -hmm. apparently for those types of things. Yeah, I guess we'd have to dig in deeper for me to better understand it. But it's like, how do what do we how do we quantify that? You know? Yeah. How do we quantify how much trance someone's in? You know, like that's such a personal feeling in your own body. Like, how am I supposed to say, yeah, you're definitely, what are the, what are the factors that we're looking for? Yeah, I think um, you do look for a lot of body cues, mm -hmm. you know, and you can see in somebody's um, like facial expressions, how deeply they're in trance, you know, how their head is hanging, mm -hmm. a light trance, you know, somebody's going to maintain composure pretty well but just look relaxed. Whereas a deeper trance, somebody's head's probably going to be slumped. Mm -hmm. Sure. all expression removed from their face. And how do we know they're not just sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're still responding to your suggestions. But if they're like in a deep trance, right? That's what I said, like deep trance yeah. where like they can like, you don't feel pain. That seems like you're just asleep. I, yeah, it's a sleep-like state. <laughs> so that's a good question. I don't know. I need to learn more about it. I need to learn more. Yeah, it's fascinating. I have used it you know, with clients um, a number of times, and I only do light trance because, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. I don't have that much training on it. Sure. But enough to affect changes around like behaviors. Okay. So as on the other side of the table, not as a client, but as a practitioner, yeah. what are the kind of results that you've been able to like help facilitate in some ways? You don't have to give like specific examples, but like, what is your experience and like how you've seen this be beneficial? Yeah. So the way that I've enjoyed using it with people and that I feel comfortable with my level of training mm -hmm. is to help them make contact with their own wisdom okay instead of me telling them what to think or feel or do it's me guiding them to make contact with that part of them that has the answers that they're looking for mm -hmm. so um 
the mental rehearsal technique is a really good one as far as like, okay, now picture yourself having that experience and then try it on. Like, what are you feeling? So that's been really good. Um, and then the other one is, it's called the wise advocate. Okay. And so this is having someone, again, go into a trance-like state. But then um, in the, the visualization, they all involve a visualization. Um, you are having them like walk into a space that once they enter that space, they are greeted by this wise advocate, which can either take the, the form of um, like another person or people they've had experiences of like it's a loved one that's passed. Mm -hmm. or it's their higher self or for some people they don't actually see anyone so you know you always want to be careful what you suggest so mm -hmm. that in case they're not having the experience you suggest they don't feel like they're doing it wrong sure sure and so you're like or if you don't see someone when you open that door and you're just in a room where you are in contact with your higher self. You know? Yeah, I've done that meditation before. This is all yeah. guided meditation. Yeah. This shit's all over YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> and then you ask yourself pertinent questions, like, or the, the hypnotist, whatever, the practitioner will ask you questions. You then, like, get from your own self. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I like to use it. Yeah. Because I feel like when you find your own answers within, that's the most correct thing. Mm -hmm. That's going to feel the most validating. Yeah. And it's going to probably resonate with you better than someone else giving you advice on what you need to do. It's going to resonate a little bit more where you're like, okay. You'll be more willing is... to take that action. Exactly. This yeah. is what's being asked of me from myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. This is meditation. Like this is like all sorts of people call this meditation. They should call it hypnosis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be more interesting. Guided meditation. <laughs> I, yeah, I do believe is a form of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Wild. When I do a guided meditation, I often will get frustrated with like not being in a trance state. Like that's, that's the, you know, where I'm like, I know that I'm in this room right now and I know that I'm asking this question and I know that I'm the one answering it. And so I'm frustrated because <laughs> okay. it's like, this feels very prefrontal cortex. This feels very analytical. This feels very, you know, and yeah. not like I've gone into a trance where I'm just like receiving a message of some sort receiving or like, you know, digging around in my unconscious brain. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah. I learned a few different induction techniques to mm -hmm. help you really relax into that deeper state. Um, one of them is you, uh, so you're not like staring into the eyes of the <laughs> practitioner. You like to wear your, you know, so you're staring into like the corner, mm -hmm. you know, your eyes away. And then you count down 10 to 1, but every time you count down, so I'll just do an example. 10, you open your eyes. Close your eyes. A wave of relaxation comes over you as you imagine the number 10 dissipating. Nine, open your eyes, close your eyes. A wave of relaxation passes over you from your head all the way down to your feet as the number nine fades away. Eight, open your eyes, close your eyes. And you go all mm -hmm. the way down to one. I got relaxed just watching you do that. I, I know, <laughs> it's crazy. So that, that's a really good one. That's um, the self-hypnosis template. So 
That's meant to do on yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you can obviously guide somebody else. Or I can stare at someone else who's yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are going to be like um, suggesting that you're walking down a set of stairs. Yeah, I've done those or before. Or getting in an elevator and going down floors. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I really like is you bring your awareness into your right palm. And then you shift your awareness to your right elbow, to your right shoulder, to your left shoulder to your left elbow, to your left palm, back to your right palm. And you it's called the three loops. Mm-hmm. And you just loop it around three times, just changing where your awareness lands. Mm-hmm. And you're becoming more present physically. So mm-hmm. that's like the the body is actually the unconscious mind. You know, right, yeah, yeah. And so then we're like bringing that present, bringing that forward so that the conscious mind can... Talk more about that. The body is actually the unconscious mind. Yeah. Let's open that door before we end this episode. Yeah, yeah. So isn't that fascinating? Yeah. That whatever the conscious mind can't process Mm -hmm. gets stored in the body. Okay, why and how? (laughs) (laughs) So I read something just the other day that um, was like, holy shit, your biography is written in your biology. So every experience that we have, mm-hmm. we have a physical metabolic like response to it. Okay, for sure. And if it's something that creates like um, a feeling of fear, you know, then we're going to have a contraction and we're going to tense up and we're having a physical response to whatever emotion mm-hmm. is arising for us. Mm-hmm. And if we don't process through that emotion and release it it gets stored in our actual cells yeah and that's how you know we um then collect like all of these repressed or suppressed whatever energies Mm -hmm. inside of us and then they cause us to have headaches or a lot of anxiety or whatever, because we're not allowing ourselves the time and space to actually process through things. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of it is because we're afraid. We are afraid if we do feel that that feeling won't stop or you know that we don't know how we're going to express and that might be scary Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of different reasons so just really learning how to be present with your own body and the feelings going on inside of it and giving yourself permission to just feel it without having to fix it change it stop it whatever Mm -hmm. you know just be with it it will pass within 90 seconds um is what the research says Right. It's not the first time I've heard that, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that I believe no, we have an exact number for how many seconds, but we I'll prolong. Let it. I know we will. Yeah, we'll, we hold on to it. Exactly. It'll pass quicker if we let it yeah. go through us than it yeah. will if we try and essentially hold on to it. Which is the funny thing about it to me is like when we try and not feel something what we're doing is holding on to it right because we're like stopping everything we're like no i don't have time to process that right now and so like literally we're just like holding on to it yep shoving it down yeah and it's like let it out let it go (laughs) let it pass through and you're like no no i'm gonna hold on to this forever and then it's like it's stuck obviously so I just started reading this book um, by Dr. David Hawkins, Mm -hmm. and it's called Letting Go. Mm -hmm. And it's about that whole process of feeling your feelings 
And he makes an interesting remark in there about how like we've more recently been taught we should be like expressing our feelings mm -hmm. as a way to like release them. But that expression isn't necessarily like the thing to do because yes, it will allow some pressure to release, mm -hmm. but depending on how you express it, it could cause more issues. Totally. So he's like, you don't even have to express it. You just have to like acknowledge it and allow it to be felt mm -hmm. and neutralize it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's a really cool way of experiencing that. So I've been practicing that recently. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if I just sit with it within 90 seconds, whatever that feeling was, it has come and gone. Well, it's interesting. It's not interesting, but I do this. So the way that I relate to my emotions and have for a while now, I don't know how long is the acknowledgement, not necessarily the expression. Cause the way it was explained to me is like, it's not always healthy to express your emotions in that moment. Like, yeah, like think about if you have like a fight with your partner or whoever parent or whatever, and you have a fight with them, you might be really angry by the way they spoke to you. And in that moment, you might want to throw something or yeah. you might want to punch them in the face or you might want to like storm out and slam the door or something like that. Where if you took a beat and you took a pause and you're like, okay, actually they misspoke or maybe they didn't mean it that way. Or maybe they're really angry too. So they said something really heated and like, we can work through those things where, you know, it wasn't necessarily helpful to express my emotions in that moment. Like, and then even like in a very much more practical way, like if you're driving your car yeah. and you like, you get a wave of grief from someone who died or whatever, it's not the best time for you to break down sobbing, crying. Maybe you try and like compartmentalize that until you can either pull over or get home and then safely express those. Like there are plenty of situations where expressing your emotions is not the safe thing to do is yeah. not the practical thing to do at that moment. And I think that's why we put off dealing with them mm -hmm. because we're like, well, this isn't the appropriate place to express this. So I'm mm -hmm. going to like bypass this altogether and pretend it's not happening. Right. Exactly. And then we forget to go back to it. Yeah. So one of the things that's really helped me in learning how to acknowledge my emotions or like physically I don't know the proper way to say that. Basically, there's a phrase that says it makes sense that I am feeling mm -hmm. or that I am experiencing. The one that really helps me a lot is like when I'm scared or something like it makes sense that this would be scary. It makes sense that I'm scared right now. It makes sense that I'm sad right now. Yeah. It makes sense that I'm really angry about this. And that gives a name to it. And it gives it a platform to say like, hey, this is making me feel angry. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that is okay. I'm acknowledging it. I'm validating it. It's not that, like, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be mad about yeah, that. But, like, yeah. Like, you shouldn't be angry. Right? right. It makes sense that he spoke to me that way and I feel angry. Like, yeah. that makes sense. So my reaction is normal. And then, like, that kind of takes away the guilt and the shame. Yeah. And lets you just experience that feeling not necessarily needing to express it. There are plenty of times also when you want to express your feelings and expressing yeah. things is great. But... And I think that's like using your words, mm -hmm. like expressing in that way can, can be really beneficial and useful. Like, right. Like expressing with like a violent outburst. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. Breaking down and sound like those are the types of situations where like maybe this isn't the best time for that. Mm -hmm. And then we choose to bypass and then 
never come back to it. And it's like this, um, all of these emotions then are just building up all of this pressure within us. And from one emotion, you can get like a thousand thoughts. Yeah. And so he says like, don't try to follow the thoughts to figure out like, you know, analyze them. And it's like, follow the emotion. Mm -hmm. Once you clear the emotion, all the thoughts associated with it will just disappear. Right. Yeah. I love that. So that was really cool to like, oh, okay. Because I'll get on that where I'm like, why am I thinking this? You know, and try to break it apart. And like, that's not going to get me anywhere. Well, what we'll do is we'll pick a thought. We'll pick the one that makes the most sense. So all these thoughts will come up and you're like, you know what? This is why. That's why I'm so angry about this because he did blah, blah, blah. And then I wouldn't have to blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And so we like, our logical mind steps in the way. And it's like, all right, which thought makes the most sense? And then then you're in for it. We can go around and start <laughs> validating ourselves right. all day long and yeah. not get anywhere. So. so it's all about like, yeah, the body. Unconscious mind is the body. So. Being, oh, yeah, that's how all this started. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are we even talking about hypnosis the, right now? With the body, the feelings in your body. Mm-hmm. And so that is where a lot of unconscious stuff is stored. And so going into the trance state helps relax your body is what it sounds like. Yep. So that you can start digging around. Yep. Bring that stuff forward. Change it. Uh, That's all I had on hypnosis. I was just going to ask, what else do we need to know about hypnosis before (laughs) we wrap up? I think it's a really cool, viable technique to help you you find your own answers. Mm -hmm. Because as they say, everything you seek, it's already within you. Yeah. Instead of like trying to find your answers out in the world. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I don't have much experience with hypnosis, but I do have a lot of experience with guided meditation, which I'm just now realizing is hypnosis. You can't experiment with hypnosis on your own through guided meditations. There's all sorts of on the internet guided meditation offerings where they will help like relax you and calm you down. And then I think the point is to be quiet. The point is to get relaxed and then listen to the things that come up. Yep suggestion mm-hmm. so that's our episode on hypnosis we are no longer doing the rating system if you've been with us since day one you know about our og uh i mean our is the shit legit rating system but it was flawed yeah it was fun but flawed because, yeah both <laughs> well of because us- one of us is a 10 slut <laughs> yeah one is i'm a 10 slut and uh we haven't experienced all the same things and so If you can't experience it, you can't rate your experience of it. Right. Exactly. So that wasn't working. So we're retiring it. We're sunsetting the system. I'm Carrie M. You can find me at Carrie, K-E-R-I dot E-M-M-E on Instagram threads. Those are the two main things that I hang out on. I'd love to talk to you more about hypnosis. If you have questions, you probably don't want to ask me because I'm like, I don't know anything, but you can find Heather. Yeah, you can find me. I am at hi.vibe.heather on Instagram. And yeah, we'd love to hear any comments, feedback, um, your experience with hypnosis. Cool. Make sure you rate the show. Yeah. Review it, interact with it, however, on whatever platform. That always helps. Yeah, we would it love truly, that. truly helps. So thank you. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.